The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One on One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Friday, April 7th, 2023. Listeners, Please welcome adult performer and comedian, Antonio Adams. Welcome to the show, man. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the party. You know, it's nice to be invited to a party every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, So how's everything? I am well. And yourself? Great, great, great. Just, uh, you know, trying to hustle my vanilla so I can uh, do more more, uh, sex stuff. It's good to have you on. We have been in contact for a moment, and so mm-hmm. I'm glad to finally have you on now that I've been sort of actively doing podcast recordings, as opposed to when we originally connected when I was on a bit of a hiatus. Uh, it's great to have you on to uh, chat about everything that you've been up to. Okay. What you got? Well, I typically start off these interviews by getting some unique stats out the way. So what's your height and weight? Uh, six foot. Uh, I guess around 200 pounds right now. What's your ethnic background? Black and white with two Hispanic names. So all types of diversity. What's your zodiac sign? Scorpio. And how old are you? 35. The Scorpio actually explains a lot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Y'all are very sexual people. Isn't it one of those things to where, like, um, you know, uh, Pretty much what you can say about a Scorpio is pretty much what you can say about every single other zodiac sign. No, Scorpios are very horny. They're like the isn't horniest that, isn't of all that the like zodiac. A for all signs, though. No, <laughs> other signs are not known for their sexual prowess. Scorpios are. Just Scorpios. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I guess I just hear different stuff. Uh, like lately, I think uh, Scorpios are mainly like the oust. Uh, uh, sign out of all the uh, out of all the uh, zodiac signs, like we're the most hated. It feels like. Oh no, you're reading the wrong stuff, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're reading the wrong stuff. Uh, yeah, you might be running into Scorpio haters, which I mean, I'm sure there are out there. I mean, there are probably haters of every single zodiac sign. My zodiac sign is not necessarily the most beloved, um, but yeah. Well, what's yours? I'm a Gemini. Okay, gotcha. So, like, isn't that like, like I'm the I'm the Scorpion, you're the Snake? No, we're the twins, but we're crazy, allegedly. Oh, okay. I don't really. I, I mean, I'm not real well versed when it comes to like zodiac signs. I can tell, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Someone out there that's listening is finding this fascinating. Either that or making fun of us, but it, whatever. So <laughs> let's actually get into the 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 meat of the interview. Let's get to know a little bit about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? Um, I'm out of Atlanta, Georgia. I uh, grew up there. Um, had a lot of different experiences to where I made some of the decisions that I made. 
uh, when it came to sex work. And yeah, I mean, um, I guess I, I came, it's a, actually I came from a kind of smaller town out in Metro Atlanta. So everybody just says it's Atlanta, but it's, uh, just like, I guess, uh, what like Oakland park would be to Fort Lauderdale type of thing. Correct. And just like everybody in Miami Dade County says they're from Miami. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But but it's still true. We're all from Miami. Right, Miamians? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're in the southernmost tip of Miami Dade County, and you're from Miami. I love it. We are exactly. we're unique people. Yeah. Okay, so uh, talk to me about what life was like growing up for you. What was uh, Antonio Adams like? Uh, you know, I grew up really poor, extremely poor. I grew up in a trailer, um, you know, and the my educational slash social experience uh, was really racist, extremely racist. Actually, I heard like when like all like nowadays uh, people are so offended about um, people saying the N word and stuff like that. That was a regular occurrence with the hard ER in school. And, um, like, by the time, like, it was weird because, like, uh, during, like, kindergarten, first grade, nobody really gave a shit about, like, color. Like, we just all played together. But as soon as, like, uh, people were able to comprehend what their parents were telling them, black on the black and white side, then that's where things got rocky. You started seeing a lot more racial, racially fueled fights, uh, confrontations. Like pretty much when I made it to high school, it was like there was a big common area like most high schools have. You could see like you look one way white, the other way black. Our 2006 prom was segregated. Good grief, man. You were in the deep south. What the hell? Yeah, yeah that's uh, – yeah. For someone who's, you know, millennial in age, I mean, it's it's ridiculous to think that you were well, like, isn't isn't uh, isn't you know Mississippi uh, reinstating something that's really close to the Jim Crow laws currently? Right. I mean, as soon as racism was or any type of prejudice was introduced, I mean, that was it. It's almost like introducing like a gun to society. Like it's always going to be there now. Um, like, uh, and like, that's where, that's kind of where the, where the, um, comedy came into it because all I wanted to do was be racist in a funny way because everybody's racist. So everybody can relate, even though they don't want to laugh at it. Like, you know, it's still like a, a, a thing and it. And like the people who really get upset are the people who are trying to suppress like what's actually going on. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Did you use humor growing up as a means to cope with everything that was going on around you? It was the only thing I had besides music and sports. So let's talk about what was going on with your life prior to entering the adult industry. Right before, um, I was coming out of a failed relationship. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't like... It wasn't like a relationship. It was more like a situationship. Like we were in something that we couldn't really just walk away from, but I just end up, ended up doing it anyway. And uh, pretty much after that, I was like, you know, just kind of done with this. I don't want to 
I don't want the I don't want I don't want the headache of trying to date anymore. So I am just going to get into the industry, and then just that'll be my sexual pleasure. Plus, I've been wanting before that I've been trying to get in for like three years off and on. But I was always worried about like people that I knew that I grew up with that, you know, um, you know that are really religious and stuff like that, you know, walking away from me, which that ended up happening anyway because they didn't. They thought I was joking when I was telling them. <laughs> that I was going to do it, but, you know, it is what it is. Okay, so you had been actually thinking about it for for a moment. When did the idea pop into your mind that you wanted to join the adult industry or that you wanted to be a part of it? Actually, I, I've always been wanting to be a part of it ever since I became, like, 18, 19. Like, uh, but I didn't do it for another, like, 11 years, it seemed like. Uh, so I didn't really start doing it until I didn't really start trying to get into it till like, you know, two, three years before I actually did my first scene. That's interesting. But I'm still kicking mm-hmm. myself in the ass that I didn't do it when I was 20. Well, okay. See, I feel what you're saying, but I have interviewed performers that have been like in their thirties joining the industry or even older and one of the things that I've really noticed and, and that we've gotten into conversations about is that your mindset is very different when you're 30 plus, 40 plus, you know, for some performers, 50 plus entering the industry than it is when you're in your 20s. And I feel like that maturity that most people, not everybody, let's be honest, but that some people have, you know, as they're older getting into the industry is actually a bit beneficial. Well, yeah, it, it, the maturity definitely helps out because, uh, because like, before, um, I think I would have gotten – because before, like, uh, like I, I, love, I love, like, having fun and being fun and joking with people. But, like, the first couple times I, I started, like, trying to joke around with, I guess, uh, other models trying to work with them, it, it didn't go over well. <laughs> uh, but – uh, yeah, I think, like, honestly, I feel like maybe not 20, but 24, 25, I should have, I should have just went in, you know what I mean? Instead of waiting until like 30 plus. So let's talk about how you entered the business. Oh, well, I started hitting up like, uh, you know, stars that I watch myself. So, you know, I got onto Twitter, found their email um, you know, and just started inquiring and inquiring until like, you know, someone showed interest and stuff like that. And with my first, the, the person who I did my first scene with, uh, I actually met up with her while she was still, you know, dancing at a strip club. And I met her at, at the strip club. We talked about doing a scene together. And then, you know, uh, a week or so after the fact, we got together at a, at a producer's house and or a shoot house and i did my first scene and that current scene on x videos has set, uh, six million views very nice before we get into the actual scene because i do want you to break down your very first time as a performer on camera uh, i want to ask a, a couple things before that first off how long have you been in the industry uh, I think I was 20, uh, 29, 30, my first scene. 
so five years. All right. And the other thing that I want to discuss is your name. Like, how did you come up with your performer name? <laughs> uh, so, you know, the old... Uh the old uh, way of, uh, of picking a porn star name, like your middle name and the street you grew up on? Yes. That's it. It's my middle name my, of my, you know, actual name. And um, Adams Road. Look at you. You went the old school yeah. route. And I just got so lucky that I got that double A. So on any list, I'm like up there. Yes, yes. And I love an alliteration. So uh, yeah. perfect. It worked out. Okay, so now let's get into it. Let's talk about that very first time on a shoot. What was that experience like for you? You know, you were someone who really wanted to enter the industry. As you yourself have said, have said you wish that you could have done it sooner. So you really wanted to join. Now you're doing it. You've reached out to performers, and you're doing your first scene. What was that experience like? What was going on in your mind? Uh, were you excited, nervous, all of the above? Yeah, so, uh, like, I was really excited, really, really nervous, because, you know, while I'm fucking somebody, it'll be the first time that, I'm, that a man's going to be there with a camera, lo like, looking at us the entire time. So, of course, like, you got to be prepared for that. Um, but the overall experience was just terrible. I didn't know what to do, like, uh, uh, like, um, not, not like, uh, sex wise, but, um, you know, I didn't know how to behave being a male on a set. So all I did was just like kind of hang back, you know, ask questions, uh, to everybody there about like what, what should, uh, a male talent be. And I got one of the most I thought at the time was the most ridiculous answers. Uh, the guy was like, you just need to sit there and shut up. And I was like, Oh, Oh, uh, okay. Um, that's cool. And then like, okay, so I'm just going to get, uh, so, uh, he was getting everything ready. So I just went back, got my dick hard and, uh, you know, we were ready for the scene, but she, I like, I had been tested, but, she wasn't tested, so we had to do my first scene with a condom. And I, I don't really, I don't like condoms in my personal life. So, like, you know, it, it, you know, downgrade from there. And then, like, she wanted to stop, and I would, I would like take off the condom to, to because it's just uncomfortable. Uh, so, um, not during the, not during the scene or anything, we would put another condom on or whatever. But like, it was just really bad. Like. Uh, like usually when you're, when you, you have this whole image of like sleeping with a porn star, performing with a porn star for the first time and you expect it to be good. Like not in this case, like the girl was like kind of like kind of bitchy. Uh, you know, like the, the sex was just robotic and like it was just, it was just not a good, uh, a good like experience for the first time at all. I think if I'm going to be fully honest, I'm I'm almost glad that this was your first experience just because that is an incredible learning experience. Period. I feel like performers who have like the perfect ideal experience, 
you know, you don't really know, like, like, if you end up having an experience like this later on, it kind of throws you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, and, like, it, it's, it's jaded my, it's jaded my, all of my uh, interactions with any type of, any type of, like, uh, content creator, model, whatever, like, I just claim up, because I'm seriously, like, especially with, uh, with, we'll, we'll get in, we'll get into uh, this a little later, but, like, I've been, I've been, uh, accused of rape by two different models and that's further from the truth and, and we'll get, we can get into that um, you know whenever you want to get into it but uh, like I've been accused of rape and abuse by two different models when you know I'm a sensual I'm a sensual like performer you know what I mean mm-hmm. so oh. like uh, when it when it came down to that, it it just jaded me all throughout because like you don't know like if they're just like trying to trying to make dudes look bad just because they have the opportunity to, or if like you know something happened to them and then like you know uh, you know I don't know what triggered or triggered it or whatever, but it's just it made me very knowledgeable as like a male performer to watch out who I deal with, make sure you make sure you, you know, check up on everybody before meeting with them or anything like that. And definitely record the entire, uh, like if you're filming with a, with a camera, make sure your phone's on the entire time recording the entire, like on um, uh, uh, the BTS, the behind the scenes, uh, to make sure like you have receipts of, Hey, I didn't do this shit. Receipts are important. I 100% yeah. agree with that. Uh, we'll get into uh, what happened in a little bit. Uh, but before we get into that, so, okay, so you have this experience. It's not the ideal experience, but I would say it, it's a learning experience when it comes to your very first scene in the industry. Well, I think I think mm-hmm. it's, it, it's helped me in a lot of ways, but at the same time, it held me back from being who I actually am. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I, I, I can't, I feel like I can't joke with any of the women. I feel like I can't like actually just talk, talk about, uh, talk about anything or just have a normal conversation depending on who the model is just because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, uh, what that mindset is for, you know, female talent. Well, how long did it take you to sort of bounce back after that very first scene? Because, I mean, clearly it was not... I didn't shoot another scene until a, until a year after that. Oh, wow. So that shook you. Yeah, because, like, like I, I had to make sure, like, this is what I wanted to do. But at the same time, it's already too late because I'm already on the internet. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That is... I Wow. That scene rocked you, which is interesting. I mean, I guess if, you know, you show up, you're excited, and you're told basically to sit down and shut up, when at the end of the day all you were doing was asking questions about stuff Correct. you should know as a newcomer. Yeah, because I'm very eager to, uh, like, this is what I want to do. Sex work is what I want to do, period. Like, I don't want, I don't want girlfriends. I don't want, I don't want relationships. I don't want uh, I don't want the pressures of relationships like it's perfect for me. I don't want kids, you know, like this is what I want to do until like my dick stops working. 
So after a year, what was that experience like for you? Because you basically did not do porn for a year. That very first scene rocked you a bit. It was not the ideal experience. But as I said, I feel like every experience is always a learning experience. So, oh, of course. If you don't learn anything from it, that's just me being foolish. Exactly. So what brought up the urge to shoot again? Was it this desire to be a part of the industry? And what was that next shoot like? So uh, I would, uh, so instead of like trying to rely on uh, people to get me shoots or whatever, like I didn't want, I didn't want to be out of control like that. So like I, I put the control on my hand, started it, started like, um, you know, hitting up other models and uh, seeing what we could do to, uh, you know, shoot. So uh, in my in my career, I've only paid three models to shoot, and all uh, only one of them actually panned out to where I actually made my money back and, you know, um, you know, made a profit on what we made. So like. And I didn't know anything about content creators at the time. I didn't know anything about swingers. I didn't know anything about any of that because I didn't have to put myself through, you know, what I put myself through to, to put my dick in the door for the industry. All right. So the next time you shot, how was that experience? Um, well, uh, it ended up being... Uh, the model actually stole my money. Uh, like uh, I paid a deposit, she took my money and ran. And then the girl that uh, <laughs> that uh, was supposed to film it actually ended up being the model in in the shoot. And it became a it became a POV instead of like a an actual scene uh, instead of like you know a third person scene. All right, so wait, so this one wasn't as good of an experience as, so this one was, okay. So this one was still not a good experience for you. What? Yeah, I mean, it, it happens, it happens all the time uh, with, with models that, 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 you know, are within the price range that I was willing to pay. And, you know. Uh, I, I didn't uh, like, I was just completely ignorant. Like, uh, and I'm always, I'm always for just like falling on my face because I got to learn somehow. Uh, but like it happened with two, it happened with two models and, um, yeah, I just, I just lost some money at that point. And then, uh, you know, that scene happened and then I got another scene with, uh, someone else. And then eventually the last, uh, model that I ended up paying uh, was the person who, you know, uh, got me out there uh, because of how big she was, um, and I made all my money back. I made all my money back, in, you know, fivefold from that shoot. So that's the only like good experience I've had paying models to shoot. And then after that, I was like, I'm done paying models. Well, I mean, one of the great things about being in the industry is, you know, you can share the content and that sort of thing, which which might be an aspect of the industry that some of the listeners might not know. Um, yes, you can pay performers to do scenes with, and that's when you own all of the content that was filmed. Uh, but you can also, 
you know, do content well, sharing. Well, a, a lot of models try to get away with what, uh, a paid trade. So they're looking to get paid and take the content too. And then you got to compete with them to make your money back. And people do, and dudes go for it. And I don't know why. I have no idea. It's a, it's, it's a worse deal than marriage. So what I want to get at is when was the first time you had, you know, a positive experience? Pretty much when I started like trading with people. When I started trading with people, and the the ego factor went down tremendously. Like they know they knew that I'm just trying to work. Um, I'm just trying to work and make and uh, make something to sell, and we're gonna both gonna share that and, and go up on our own and sell it ourselves. Okay, so how deep into you and your experience and journey in the industry? How long into it did you finally start actually? enjoying being a part of the industry well um yeah again when uh when i start i found i started finding models uh that understood what i was trying to do because they were looking to do the same and you know own their own content as well uh that's when i actually started enjoying it but there's still like aspects of this industry that you know i i don't really particularly like at all like uh, I feel like a lot of a lot of women, it, it feels like it feels like reaching out to women is almost like having a sales job. Let's get deeper into that because I feel like some of the listeners, if they're tuning in and they might not fully understand or grasp that concept. Like so, for you in your journey in the industry, you've been getting you haven't had the best experience in the beginning. And it took you a moment to find like-minded women in the industry to shoot with. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are like, well, why don't just performers, you know, why aren't they working together and all that kind of stuff? But it isn't really like that, listeners. Um, Not at all. Not at all. And so uh, it took a moment to finally get to the place to where you're enjoying yourself in the industry, but you're still having a bit of a problem with dealing with some of the mindsets of uh, your fellow performers. Like, when you reach out to a performer and you're interested in shooting with them, how do you know whether they're going to be of like mindset or, like, how do you know to just completely move on to the next? If they try to charge me, I, I walk away from the, from the conversation altogether. Because you've had that bad experience where, you know, even paying a performer, the shoot just didn't work out. Well, not only that, I, I found out uh, after I paid models and then like put and started selling the stuff that like it's going to take me years just to just to get that money back. Like, why am I why am I paying if I if I'm not going to see a return like I did with the with the good experience paying someone? Like, it just doesn't make sense business wise. I feel you on that. Yeah. Can you explain to the listeners what the types of shoots that you do are? I mean, they've been listening to the term, you know, trade shoots and that kind of stuff. Can you actually explain that to them? Okay, so, like, um, you know, you, you find the performer you want to work with, which, you know, if, if you're a male in, in the industry, that's one thing I had to figure out, too, is that, like, at first, I thought I was just going to be Superman and just be able to get my dick hard for 
anyone and everyone. But that's definitely not the case. Like, so uh, after, you know, dealing with some some models that I didn't really particularly enjoy uh, preference-wise, and, it, you know, it was kind of a, kind of a little bit of a struggle to, to get the scene done. Um, I, you, you ha I had to narrow down, like, what do I actually find attractive? You know what I mean? So, um, so after I've, uh, contacted the person that I actually want to actually want to film with, um, you know, we, we talk about like, okay, so am I traveling to you or are you traveling to me? Because like, I don't care where you are in the United States. I'll travel to you or you can travel to me. Well, let's just make it happen because like, uh, it's, it's almost like I'm a salesman, uh, uh, by trade. So like, I, I always go by the, the saying, the harder they are to find, the easier to sell. And the sale here is, uh, making content that people want to buy because they're not anywhere else. So, uh, we figure out, you know, where are we meeting? How are we doing it? Are we splitting, are we splitting the accommodations? Are we splitting all the costs for the, for the entire production? You know, are, uh, you know, you get that down and then whenever the time comes, you just make it happen, get the scenes done, the scenes done, because that's the great thing about the difference between, you know, uh, paying someone to shoot and then like, con and then like a trade is because like, uh, if you pay someone to shoot, it's only one scene, but if you're trading, you can get multiple scenes done, like two, three, four scenes done for both of you to take back together. I think the best thing about it is both of you get the content and you can do with the content, whatever you want. Like, you know, she can edit it her way. You edit it your way. And, you know, it's beneficial for both of you. Exactly. And you can actually, again, get a lot of things done because like maybe, maybe we'll do a scene and then we'll hop on, we'll hop on a cam and get right now money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like with, with anything paid, you're, you're not going to have an option to do that. Or she's going to come out with a, an outrageous number that doesn't make any sense off of speculative income. Absolutely. Yeah, because you never know. You know, you never know if you are going to, as you said uh, before, you know, make your money back if you pay, actually pay the performer to shoot with them. Mm -hmm. And one of them, one of them, like, uh, like, I've, I, like I paid like, uh, like 600, 600 to have her perform and then 600 for the accommodations. So like 1200 bucks off of a scene that's barely made a hundred bucks just because like, like she didn't want to tell me that, you know, like, I feel like if a performer is just not attracted to you, you should say that. And if that's the case, we shouldn't be working together because the, the content is going to suffer. And I feel like you're, you're stealing my money. If like, you don't give me the experience that will make me money. Yeah, I feel like there needs to be a little bit more open and honesty in the industry, especially when it's, you know, performers that aren't mainstream, that are doing their own content creation, and in essence, amateur erotica and that sort of thing. I mean, you know, you want to have the hotness in your scene work. And if you're just not interested, I mean, there are ways to just be like, I'm just not interested. Or you just say no. Exactly. Beginning. Just, just like when I, when I hit you up, just tell me no so I can keep it pushing. Don't like try and negotiate something that, you know, I'm going to give you this money and then you're, you're going to be a, you know, a, 
a, a fish on camera. So let's talk about you as a performer. How would you describe your fuck style? Passion, passionate, sensual. When you're shooting a scene, let's talk about the good and the bad. What turns you on the most and what turns you off the most on set? Um, any type of complaining or any type of, like, bougie attitude or, like, just bratty attitude turns me off immediately. Um, but if, if the girl shows up, she's, she knows that, you know, this is what we're going to do, you know, and she's actually into the, into the, you know, shoot, because what I like to do, I like to film real sex and orgasms, like undisputed real sex and orgasms. I don't want anything less like it. So if that's not going to happen, you need to let me know so we can just not do it. That's the way I'm always, that's the way I'm always with every single performer that I come across, like if, if there, if there's, you know, nothing there, then please let's not do it. Let's, let's spare us the time and money. Cause like usually it's a, usually a, even a trade could be upwards of like 700 to a thousand dollars. What do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes? Well, I, I enjoy the uh, creative aspect. Because, uh, like, uh, like uh, I haven't even done it yet, but uh, my character Antonio Adams is supposed to be a black exploitation era character. I haven't, I haven't implemented that yet, only because I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to like find find the groove that actually works for me as for me as a performer. So, like, I need to, I need to have a system in place that is proven to work before like in my mind I need to I need to get into that persona as the real Antonio Adams, the black exploitation Antonio Adams. That's interesting. I mean once you finally get a chance to do that, I mean that whole era, I mean it is perfect for, you of know, course. a porn character. Yeah, of course, of course. And I like especially when it comes to like me doing comedy skits, stand up comedy, like all that stuff uh, as far as like porn stuff is untouched in stand up. I mean, Ron Jeremy did stand up, but he was terrible. I mean, he was just happy to be alive. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe not happy at the moment, uh, based off of... Yeah, sitting in jail. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most, oral, vag, or anal? It depends on the lady. Like, what, uh, for me, whatever, whatever I need to do to make sure I get that real orgasm I want to do. In a scene, when you're shooting a scene, what's your favorite sexual position to perform for the camera? Uh, either doggy style or the girl riding me. And we all know how a scene ends with the cum shot, the pop shots. In a scene, where's your favorite place to shoot your load? Always in the face. There's something about, like, like it's almost like a good time receipt. Like, mm-hmm. you could, there's the receipt right there. Like, look at you. We both had a good time. You're smiling and everything. My cum's all over your face. It's perfect. Now it's time for the big question, a question that the listeners and your fans might be curious to know. How much is Antonio Adams packing? Eight inches. And we've got to talk about the cum shot. Do you do anything in particular to maintain a consistent cum shot when you have a shoot coming up? Oh, I just don't do anything. Like, I... Like, mm-hmm. for me, 
uh, I don't sleep with civilians at all because like most of the time the sex isn't that good anyways and I'll have to get retested and spend another 300 bucks on testing. So like I just, in order to save money and save headache, I just don't sleep with civilians, period. I'm sorry, what was the original question? What do you do to prepare for the pop shot? So, so um, yeah, I just, I just don't do anything. I don't jerk off. I don't have sex. I just build it and build it and build it, and then when, when we're ready to shoot, it's all over you. You let it loose, yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Throughout the time that you've been a performer in the industry, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Um, well, Emma Shea. Uh, she is fantastic. She's such a sweetheart and angel. And, uh, like, we're really good friends. And every time we have a chance to work together, the, the content's always good, like, every single time. And uh, we work together to do customs and get paid money for those customs. Like, she's actually business savvy for the industry, and she makes everything comfortable. And, uh, like, like T.T. Pog, amazing. She, inter- she introduced me to, like, swingers and uh, going to swingers clubs and stuff like that. Um, and that's when that opened up a whole array of just models to trade with. Um, and plus she just, she just, she's just a caring person. Like, uh, there's nothing better, uh, than coming into, uh, an industry where cis males are just targets, I feel like, uh, to have somebody who's actually genuine and, and, uh, actually cares about, you know, the scene and pretty much how you are as a person. Um, and then let's see. Any anyone particular that stands out? Like all the people that I want to say, they don't do. They like they quit the industry, so I don't really want to say them necessarily. Um, and Cookie, Cookie, uh, she's out, she's out of New York. Sweet girl, um, you know she's just down to do whatever, and she's doing willing to do whatever to get the get the scene done. Who have you not worked with that you would like to do a scene with? Are there any performers on your wish list? I mean, I'm willing to work with anybody once. Um, but really, I would love to, you know, do a scene with Liv. Uh, Liv, I don't remember her last name, but uh, Liv Revamp. Uh, I would love to do a scene with her. I would love to do a scene with, like, Virgo, uh, Virgo Paradox. I would love to do another uh, another scene with Queen Rogue. Um, I'd love to do do a scene with uh, uh, who's that new one? Holly Day, the new the new model that's been out um, lately from uh, I think England or Australia or something like that. Like she is fucking fine as fuck. Are there any individuals in the industry that you look up to? Are there any individuals in the industry that inspire you and what you're trying to do? Oh, of course. Um, well, Brick Cummings, he's my boy. Um, I think you've already interviewed him. Yes. Um, like his, his experience and, and, you know, stuff, the bullshit that he has to go through and, you know, overcoming it and still having the experience that he wants, uh, is really inspiring for me. Um, Jay Playhard. Uh, he's, he's just an amazing dude who, who gets the shit done. Like, 
uh, we're talking about a guy who has uh, a lot of setbacks when it uh, when it comes to you know uh, shooting and stuff like that, but always always gets it done. Always gets it done. Always makes fire content. Always makes sure he has something new to put up every single week. So let's shift gears a little bit, as if we haven't been talking about some of the serious stuff in the industry uh, throughout this interview. I want to start this off by asking, uh, are there any misconceptions or myths about adult performers that you would like to dispel? Yeah, so I would think that non, non-industry people would think that it's more of a community uh, than anything else, but that's definitely not the case. Everybody's in it for themselves. So, like... Uh, when it comes to like shooting, shoot houses and stuff like that, you see some things go on that, you know, you don't really enjoy, but you just kind of have to go through it because it is what it is. Um, uh, not everybody's going to be pleasant. I think everybody uh, pretty much knows this, but I think that could be a misconception. Like the actresses are not what they act like on camera. Hardly, actually. Um, and um, you're not, and every every male performer, um, you know, isn't isn't some Goliath or Superman. Like they have their bad days, um, to where you know, shit doesn't work. So like, it's not it's not uh, it's not like a uh, a smorgasbord of women who are who are flirty or anything like that. It's usually just like, hey, get your dick hard, let's go. Let's talk about what a shoot house is. Can you explain that for the listeners? So, uh, usually, what a shoot house is, of course, it's a it's a house or, or like uh, a group of rooms in a hotel that you know people shoot in, and we have scenarios, uh, different rooms that you can shoot scenes in, and you get about you know uh, ten, twelve people, um, usually half and half or sixty, forty women to male. And you guys just kind of go at it whenever a room's available and you get the content. You usually get a, get about uh, five, six scenes from a weekend uh, at, at, the, at that shoot house or however many days that the shoot house is available to you. And it's the easiest thing to do because people are there. Uh, you get a nice reputation because, you know, everybody sees you for who you are. And then you have everybody there to get references with, which is hard to do as a male in this industry. Um, And it's just efficient. Is there an aspect of the industry that you do not enjoy? I don't enjoy the attitude of women who are in the industry some of the time. Uh, Because, um, you know, if if I get this, because I run my own business, I do sales. It's almost like you're cold calling somebody and then, like, somebody getting upset that you're calling their business to try and do business with them. It's the one thing because, like, when I hit, when I hit a lady up, uh, like, I don't expect, uh, oh, I would never do that. You should, uh, you, should, um, you should go kill yourself for uh, just hitting up random ladies. When I'm not hitting up random ladies, I'm hitting up a sex worker to see if you want to do business with me, not – Hey, I want to fuck. Like that's that's a huge misconception too. When male when male talent uh, hit up female talent, I do it professionally. Like I I have a whole thing to where like, hey, this is me. I've worked with so so and so so and so so and so. Here's all my sites. Uh, let's try and make a collaboration happen. You know, thank you, Car- uh, like, thank you, 
uh, Antonio Adams. Um, compared to what women usually get to do a collab, I think that I think like I shouldn't be treated in a, uh, I shouldn't be treated unprofessionally when I'm coming to at you professionally. As a black man in the industry, have you experienced any racism, colorism, discrimination, or microaggressions? Oh, any, any. I mean, anytime you you meet a queen of spades or or uh, any, anybody who who says that they just work with BBC, I mean, that's racist altogether. Even though it's for for the content to sell to you know you know people, but like in Georgia, if you called somebody a spade, that's a fight. Let's discuss the terminology that's used. You know, as you mentioned, you know, queen of spades, uh, uh, bulls, like all of that uh, sexual terms that are being used by performers that only shoot interracial, which, you know, it's used typically a, a white female performer that only shoots with black men. Break that down for me. You know, do you feel like any of that terminology is appropriate and do you feel as if uh, those terms and performers that have made it their brand to use their terms like do you feel like that is fetishizing black men versus maybe their intended to celebrate their love of black men but at the end of the day do you feel like it's more fetishization versus anything else? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the performer. It depends on their audience. It depends on a lot of things. But, you know, uh, when I think Queen of Spades, I think, like, uh, you know, back in the day uh, when, uh, you know, back in the 20s, you would actually have, you know, instances to where um, – some dudes would actually, uh, some black men would actually be tricked into sleeping with uh, uh, a white wife, and then their husband comes in uh, with a gun and tells them and tells them to fuck their wife. So, like, after a while, like, I uh, I, I started thinking about that, and I was like, you know what, I, I can't, I can't, like, I can't, I can't get my mind right because I'm always thinking of that uh, when I'm when I'm dealing with those types of people. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want to feel like, like the, because usually in those situations it's their husbands that are the cameramen. So, like, I don't want to feel like, oh, like fuck my wife, you fuck it, like I don't want to feel that type of way. What are your thoughts on performers that are not? porn performers that are swingers that are now shooting content because it is, you know, it's incredibly easy to upload content and all that kind of stuff that are developing mm -hmm. this fan, these fan bases. But at the end of the day, they're, you know, they're more so swingers using the industry to sort of get their kinks off. Uh, do you feel like, individuals like that should be a part of the industry? Do you feel like it's, it's, I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's neither here or there because that's what I'm doing. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this industry unless I wanted to fuck one. So like, 
I, I, there's no way I'm going to be hypocritical and say like, oh, you can't use this industry to to, feel, to seek out your fantasies. I mean, that's the whole point. I feel like to make money while you're having fun with your what you like. So like, I'm always about liberty. So like anybody, anything that anybody does is their business, and they just keep your business away from my business if it doesn't involve me. That's the way I honestly feel about it. So you mentioned something earlier in the interview that you wanted to discuss. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about these accusations that have been made against you. This is your chance to give your side of the story to maybe explain it to the listeners that might not know about what you're referencing to. Can you go into both of the instances in which you were accused of something that you say you did not do? Okay, so um, I was, you know, setting up a collab with uh, a kind of known porn star. And, uh, you know, I get there. um, She doesn't even want to be filmed uh, because she's pregnant at this time. I'm like, okay, like, why, why aren't we, you know, turning on a camera when we're doing stuff? I uh, thought it was weird. Uh, but then, like, when we actually start shooting, she, I, I guess, like, what I wanted to do is what I, I wanted to build something with a with a consistent partner to make content, you know, like, make content, do twi- uh, uh, set up a Twitch, you know, start making uh, different avenue streams together because it's easier to just do it with, one, with you know, uh, a limited amount of people than to try and do it with everybody. So that's that was my mindset. But with her, she just wanted to keep me and own me pretty much. So like when stuff just wasn't working out, we we weren't making, you know, the content that we were making, I would actually try to leave and then she would hold me at knife point to keep me there. So she pretty much abducted me for months. And uh, you know, was just a crazy person, a complete crazy person, you know, cut me up multiple times, uh, my hand, my face, uh, my chest, uh, my arms, like, uh, like anytime I tried to get out of that situation, it always turned violent. And she's a white girl. So like, I didn't want to, you know, get into the position to where there's a struggle because what if she gets hurt or anything worse than that? I'm the, you know, uh, I'm the black male in the situation. So I'm thinking if that happens, I'm going to jail no matter what. So like I kept trying to figure out a, a way to where like I can just get out of the situation. And one day it got so bad that, you know, I forced my way out of the situation, getting cut up, you know, and everything. I go, up, I go to a near police station, call the police. And when they get there and uh, before anything happens, uh, she, she, they go to her place because it was the, her place that she was holding me at. And before, even though I told, even though I called the cops for help, I'm the one bleeding. They took, they took like photos of me, like cut up and stuff like that and, and actively bleeding. Uh, so they come back and they put me in the back of a car for four hours because she is the woman. And after that, this 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 person started to spread lies about uh, lies about me to 
everyone that she could, anyone who could listen, who wouldn't listen, saying that I'm abusive. And that, uh, and she told the cops that I raped her in the mouth, which, how is that fucking possible? And that's, uh, I guess that's, that's number one. For the second one, I have to tell you this story. Uh, you know, before I got, uh, before I got into the industry, I had a relationship that just didn't go over well. Uh, that I got away from, and this person was just a, like a toxic person. So she started stalking me, uh, befriending my friends, you know, uh, asking people to uh, talk to her and uh, talk to me on her behalf and shit like that. And I just wasn't having it. So uh, one day she started talking to sh talking shit about me, and this went on for a while. And then one day I confronted her about it, and. Um, she spit in my face, so I wanted to hit her in the face, <laughs> but um, I didn't. You know, I walked away from the situation and called the cops because I knew if I if I had uh, thrown a punch or anything or, or hit her, that I would be going to jail instead of her. So, like, I called the cops. It, it became this whole thing, and then she went to jail. So since she had she went to jail and stuff like that, she had a vendetta against me. She started, she started posting everywhere that I was a, that I'm a, a domestic abuser, that I, that I raped her, that I tried to force her into the industry, even though there's no video of us at all ever. Um, so I told you that story to tell you this one, another, uh, like a bigger name BBW, um, got in touch with this person after, uh, her and I relationship, the BBW ended and she was mad. So she went to this person, she believed the lie, and started spreading the lie throughout the industry that I'm an abuser or a rapist. And all of this happened just because I didn't want to have sex with them anymore. Good grief, man. I'm still not over the cutter. Yeah, she's actually, like, you'd be, like, like I bet, uh, like, a lot of people know this woman and have probably jerked off to her. Wow. Wow. Okay. I still, that entire situation is insane. Insane. And just because I was the male, I like everybody believed the women. Like, like frame one. Mm hmm. Is she doing that to other people? Yes. She did it to, uh, at least, including me, three male, three male, um, performers. Three male performers that she has imprisoned in her home and threatened with knives. Correct. And the other performers are known men in the industry? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. Like, uh, I, I would say one was at my level and one was bigger. Really? Yeah. That seems... That seems like it should be all over social media. I tried to go to the union about it, and they just because I was a male, you know, nothing happened. But if it was the if it was the other way around, I'd be blacklisted everywhere. People would have notices about me, you know. And it's just it's not fair that just because they're the woman that everybody believes them. I think everybody should be believed. That's just my whole thing, you know. If there are allegations, it doesn't matter the gender of the individual. You know, at the end of the day, if someone is being abusive, 
someone is being abusive, and that should be reported, and that should be known, uh, period. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know that, you know, post-Me Too, uh, women in the industry have been a little bit more forthcoming about their experiences. But at the end of the day, there needs to be some sort of body vetting these experiences and actually investigating. Because, you know, I've also seen instances where performers are not being factually accurate about what happened. I mean, it most recently happened a couple weeks ago with a male performer who fortunately video recorded everything that was going down and uh two white women were they were going to make allegations about this you know big named black man in the industry and fortunately he had the wherewithal to start filming them and to see that they were the ones being the aggressors and so when they ended up actually posting their video later on that night after he had posted his video their story just didn't really gel with what we actually saw happen. Yeah, and it's it, it it I'm guessing it happened like it happened to me it happened to me twice in a matter of, you know, 4 or 5 years of being in the industry. I'm pretty sure it happens all the time. I wish there was a little bit more of an organized body that actually can investigate all this stuff. Just because I mean, what you went through shouldn't happen shouldn't have happened and no one else should be going through that like you reporting that should have shut her down so that she could no longer do that to someone else in the industry i mean it, it, i mean it is what it is like it's 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 fighting it's fighting an upward losing battle so instead of you know wasting my time and energy with that just keep it moving you know and just learn from it and make sure that you know, you know who you're putting your life in the hands of, you know what I mean? Like, um, a lot of women are always worried about, uh, men being creepy, but you know, a lot of women don't understand that a lot of other women are dangerous. Yeah. Being creepy is not relegated to a particular gender. Anybody can be creepy. Anybody can be dangerous. Anybody can have a couple screws loose. Which is why I'm always, like, upset when I'm on TikTok or something and, and men are complaining about uh, ladies. Ladies are complaining about men. Why can't we just all just come together and say we're all pieces of shit, right? Like, why can't we just, why can't we just understand that, uh, you know, there's, there's, just a, uh, there's just a line to where nobody, to where the one side is not going to understand the other and the other side's not going to understand, you know, the other side. And I'm willing to accept that. That's why I'm not dating anymore. Um, because I'm fine. I'm fine not having children. I'm fine, you know, not having someone of my own. You know, it, it's fine. I'm good by myself. It's funny. When we set this interview up, I was like, okay, this is going to be a light and fun interview. I mean, his profile says, welcome to the party. You know, he's a comedian. Like, I was like, this is going to be light and fun, and this has been one of the deepest, darkest interviews that I've done, period. Uh, I mean, it's, it, I've, I mean I've, it's been an adventure, but I have had amazing uh, times in the industry. Well, that's good to hear. All the traveling, all the, all the, all the scenes that I did with the people that are, are actually fun, you know, but I feel like... I needed to get this off my chest and, and get it out to the world 
because I don't really I don't talk about it at all. I rarely talk about it unless unless I know you, which you know the only person I really talk to is Brick, really in the industry. Mm-hmm. Well, I do appreciate the honesty and the candor, and, and I mean at the end of the day, you know it's a cautionary tale. You know somebody might be downloading this and listening to it right now and uh, you know they hear your story and they can use that almost as a learning experience for themselves to make sure that they aren't ever because no one should ever be in a in the situation that you were in not just once but twice and I'm still not over the cutter like that's just insane to me man I'm like what like that is yeah it's uh it was it was pretty bad yeah it was pretty bad Right? It, it, like, it, it was pretty bad, and then, like, the cops just wanted to arrest me. Like, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was not good. Good grief. I don't know. I can't imagine being in that situation. Like, yeah, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what you went through. I can't imagine the psychological trauma, the, you know, the emotional trauma that you went through. I mean, that shit's crazy. And how yeah, long man. was uh, that situation? Two years ago? No, I'm saying in total. How long were you held captive there? Uh, four or five months. Good grief. Yeah. I lost. I almost lost my business because, like, she smashed two of my phones. Um, uh, like, uh, my, my company almost went under. Um, I, I was broke because I couldn't work, you know, like it was, it, it was definitely an eye opener when it came to picking who I put myself around. And then again, with the BBW performer, like I thought, like, since it was chill in the beginning that I had nothing to worry about, definitely not the case. Mm-hmm. And no one came looking for you during that time? Well, nobody, nobody I didn't have a phone because they were smashed. So, like, nobody could get in touch with me. Good grief, man. All right. So let's shift away from the serious stuff, and let's talk about your content. Tell me about okay. your original content. Tell me about your OnlyFans. You have two OnlyFans. You have one where you have hardcore action. You have another one that's more solo-oriented. So can you share with the listeners uh, what they can expect from both different avenues of OnlyFans. So uh, for my partner content, uh, which will start changing into like skits with um, skits with the models that I shoot with, uh, as far as like comedy uh, comedy stuff, um, it'll start having that and actual scenes to where there will be a little bit of acting and uh, you know sex, but. The one thing I really wanted to come across as a sex worker is starting to put passion and sensuality back on the screen instead of, you know, just just fucking bust it wide open. You know what I mean? And um, what I want to start putting on there, uh, uh, as you saw from like a year and a half ago, OnlyFans, like trying to take sex work off. Uh, so what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to diversify my content on OnlyFans specifically, uh, just in case that happens. So I want to start putting a lot of my gaming stuff on there, a lot of my comedy stuff, um, you know, sets that I do in public, 
skits that I do with models, you know, stuff like that, just in case something like that happens because, you know, a lot of pre uh, people aren't prepared for if they actually go along with, you know, taking porn off of OnlyFans. I feel you on that. I think that's a losing battle for OnlyFans, though. I mean, they saw what happened, uh, you know, when it happened last time. I mean, not to say that they wouldn't do it, but I, I feel like there would be an immense amount of backlash like there was the other time. And, and I mean, let's just also be fully honest. You know, one of the other ones will probably just rise up. If, if No, of course. Yeah, either one of those, the current ones will rise up, or someone out there will create basically their own version of OnlyFans. Uh, you know, much like, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are scared that Twitter is going to go under. So all these other social media... Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen uh, at all. Elon Musk is too egotistical for, to let that happen. That is true, but he seems to enjoy doing everything to, to try to make it crumble. But... Um... Uh, yeah, there are people that enjoy self-sabotage as well, and self-flagellation, which maybe he's an individual that does enjoy that. Yeah, I don't know. I Honestly, from what I've been seeing from the experience on Twitter is, you know, I like the changes. Like, getting all the bots out of there, you know, like, making sure that whoever whoever's following you is, is an actual person that could, you know, be led to uh, one of my other sites instead of, you know, just bots. How often do you update your content? Every single week. Okay, so both OnlyFans gets uh, you know a new update every single week. Yes, actually, um, there's one update, and then of course there's messages all throughout the week. All right, perfect. And I know that you referenced that your main you know partner, aka you know your hardcore uh, sex. Uh, OnlyFans will be getting skits and that kind of stuff. Are you going to venture mm -hmm. into that as well with your solo content, or is just the solo content going to be you whipping out your dick and uh, coming all over the place? Um, it just uh, well, the solo the solo um, hasn't really like my solo makes three times as much as my partner content does. Um, so like, I don't think uh, uh, maybe. I don't. I'm not sure, but it just depends because, like, right now, um, uh, the people who are paying for my stuff just want me in submissive positions and submissive scenarios, which I'm not really comfortable with. That's not me. Um, but you know, I was trying to get that money, so I just did it anyway. Uh, but like, I want to. I want to start changing that too. Like, I like. I'm daddy. I'm not bitch. <laughs> All right. They wanted you to shake that booty for the camera. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna get away from that altogether. All right. Okay. Well, you know, there is a market for everything. If there's anything that I've learned from interviewing performers in the industry, there is a market for everything. So a rebranding is perfectly fine and understandable. And if the current fans don't enjoy it, they can find someone else that can provide that. And then you might acquire some new fans that do enjoy it. Yeah, of course. And, uh, uh, yeah, maybe maybe I can start doing some skits, especially, like, when I'm uploading to TikTok and stuff like that. Uh, I can just uh, upload that onto there, too. And, and I'm, not, I'm never going to change. Actually, here's a huge announcement. I'm going uh, I'm gonna to start making both accounts free again. Okay, that's what's up. 
Yeah, and um, so because I don't know if you knew, but uh, the dollar isn't backed by – well, it currently still is, but uh, other people are taking steps to make sure that the dollar – that oil isn't traded for the dollar anymore, which is going to have adverse effects to the economy in the United States. So I'm just getting ahead of myself before, you know, the real bad effects start because I'm not going to be able to sell you anything if you can't pay the admission price. What type of content do you plan on adding in the future? Is there anything that you're currently not doing in, um, in the various avenues that you use to release your content that you're planning on adding to your content in the near future. I know that you kind of gave us a tease in regards to wanting to do skits. You want to actually, you know, go in the direction uh, that you had planned on in regards to the Antonio Adams character of like making him a black exploitation type of character. So you've already teased that, but as far as just any scene types or anything that you haven't had the chance to film yet that you would like to start implementing on your platforms? Um, definitely like just, pretty much just silly scenarios, silly scenarios. And just like, um, like I said, a more real sexual experiences for the, for the viewer, because like, that's one thing for me that honestly, like when I was growing up, I always, I always got, I always watched the porn with the guys with the biggest dicks because I know they're not faking. Um, so that's what I kind of want to bring to the table. Uh, with my sensualness, is that whatever you're seeing, it's all real. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know, something unique about uh, Antonio Adams. Uh, what, like sexually or just me? You. Um, I, uh, after de- after, I guess after dealing with all of this stuff, I'm not really a people person anymore. Uh, I like to keep to myself. I, li- I love to play, like, video games and stuff like that. Um, I like my me time. I, I don't know if that's quirky or not, but like, uh, like if, if even when I'm, even when I'm collabing, like I, I need to break away and recharge my people meter. Describe yourself in 10 words or less. I love fun and I love minding my own business. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Oh, uh, South Park is still up there. Um, Vinland, which is like pretty much like anime, uh, biking, uh, biking anime. Genius idea. Um, I'm all, I'm a huge film buff, so like, um, uh, lately I've been getting into a bunch of like uh, Viking stuff, like uh, uh, like Valhalla, uh, Vikings Valhalla, and um, and uh, pretty much just warrior gangster type of uh, stuff. Like my, one of my favorite shows, period is uh, Sopranos and Boardwalk Empire because I think because all these all these things are based off real people so like there's no better education than somebody 
who took their own slice of the pie for themselves. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Oh, uh, uh, that's a hard... I listen to so much music, but I would have to say, like... Um, I would have to say, like, Unearth. Um, man, this is such a hard question. Uh, issues, which is like an R&B metal type of thing. Uh, uh, protest the hero, which is like, like a like a speed metal, uh, and God, probably throw down before they change up their their uh, musical direction. What are three of your most favorite films? Three, okay. Uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, Casino. And um, I guess it's a trilogy, but the uh, the Swedish Girl with a Tattoo uh, trilogy, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo trilogy. What are two foods you can't live without? Uh, anything Cajun. Anything Cajun, anything Asian. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Uh, female bodybuilders. What are you currently binging? Are you currently binge-watching anything? Uh, hmm. Well, it was Vinland before, but I, I'm caught up on that. But uh, lately I've been, I've been uh, yeah, I guess I'm not binging anything. I was, I was binging, like, the Wu-Tang stuff, but I'm caught up on that, too. Um, yeah, I guess nothing right now. What's next for Antonio Adams? What's next for Antonio Adams? It's it's getting the attire available. It's getting the attire available. Getting ready for uh, my skit uh, to uh, you know start filming the skits that I have written. Start uh, performing scan, uh, stand up for what I've written so far. Um, look out for me at your local comedy venue uh, on the on the in the southeast. You know Georgia, Florida, uh, North Carolina, uh, Tennessee. Um, you know, as soon as as soon as I start doing stand up and skits, I'm I'm hoping to hit the ground running. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, as well as where they can find your original content? Yeah, so if any anywhere um, like Twitter, um, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, you can either find me, you know, fun with Antonio, Antonio Adams last. Or uh, Anto uh, Antonio Adams XXX. You type in one of those three on any social media, you'll be able to find me. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? Uh, keep keep supporting who you like to watch fuck, and keep supporting uh, anybody who makes content that you regularly enjoy. Well, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview, Antonio. Well, thank you so much. I definitely appreciate it. You're welcome. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Papi Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Papi Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Papi Chulo, Visit poppychularadio.com slash after dark. 
Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash poppychulo radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash poppychulo radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Antonio Adams and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Enjoy the party. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.